Unnecessary Angst, your local YA podcast. <laughs> your local tipsy YA podcast. Yes. <laughs> Which by the time I finish Asterix. this drink today, hoo-hoo, it will be a fun time. You have a big drink right now. You're I do. You're out of like a beer stein. <laughs> I am. A full stein. <laughs> <laughs> ready to go i mean it was it's the drink is meant to be two to three servings um oh and i'm drinking it all it's fine it's gonna be fine actually our drinks i mean this is a podcast no one can see it but i think our drinks are the same color mm. fun fact love it amazing <laughs> go team um anyways so we're here today <laughs> to talk about chapter 23 of holly black's the cruel prince which is gonna be so much drama. There's so much drama. What is there not? I know, now. but this isn't even like fun drama. This is like, no. but this Slogging. is all necessary drama. It's not a necessary angst. It's necessary drama. That's true. It is necessary drama. We get a lot of, even though it doesn't fully feel like it, the plot moves forward a lot mm-hmm. in this chapter. We get a lot of information that we've been needing to catch up on, even though we were already aware of all of these things. <laughs> four chapters ago but uh, it's neither here nor there uh but before we get into it julia what are you drinking tonight how are you doing i'm doing well i am drinking a zipper cocktail so it's um one part chambord one part vodka and one part lemon lime soda it's really really good it's very refreshing it's kind of like a good in between you know winter spring drink um yeah, I'm doing well, though. I am going into my second to last week of classes. Everything is due Woo-hoo. in the next two weeks. Um, so I'm happy and also really, really stressed. Mm. Um, yeah, <laughs> I have so much work to do this next week, and that's all I can think about. I need I need a new life. <laughs> I have no life outside of school right now. I'm so it's sorry. so sad. How goes the I got... co-op front? Um, it's going well I think I mean we just got reminded kindly that because um, like everyone's stressed no one's hearing back that most co-ops don't actually start talking to people until May which mm. like is nice but it's also stressful because like we're gonna have this limbo time in April that means once our classes end where we just don't know what we're doing yeah so I have an interview lined up this week so we'll see how that goes I would really like it it's a really good company but <laughs> We'll see. Um, yeah, that's that's fun. I got on fun news, non academic news. Yeah. I got beaten twice in a row today by my father in chess. <laughs> that's fun. Yeah, it is. Because I actually did pretty well. I think at least in the second, the first game I kind of threw, but the the second game I did pretty well, and then I made a bunch of mistakes at the end because I was getting impatient. <laughs> yeah. Chess One day. Chess is a game of patience. You need to have some, mm. like, long-willed brain power to get well, through a game of chess. Uh, anyway, how are you doing? What are you drinking in your little beer glass? Not yeah, this is, beer glass. this is my uh, Pen Feb Club beer stein. Um, so it's, I don't think it's quite a full pint, but it's, it's a big, <laughs> chunky glass. And... It's, uh, it is a cucumber, watermelon, lemonade cocktail. Oh, that sounds really refreshing, I have to say. It is. It is very refreshing. Um, we ordered takeout, and there's still one place nearby me that's doing, um, cocktail deliveries, and they have a really fun cocktail menu, so I honestly just ordered, like, three different cocktails to just, like, get me through the week. (laughs) The week. (laughs) Um, and... Uh. Yeah, this so this is the first one. It was like 82 degrees here today because summer comes early in California. <laughs> so it was kind of hot. We had a hot day out just out and around the house um, and needed something refreshing and cool for the afternoon. So very excited. And it's delicious too. Like it's very, very refreshing. But otherwise, I mean, things are good. Work is still stressful. I'm, I found out that I may not have a full staff for my project next quarter, oh. which is, like, great. But they're still working it out, so we'll see what happens. I'm not trying to not get too pressed about it. And then, um, 
stuff here otherwise has been pretty good. We have officially introduced the idea of allowance into the house. So Skylar can now earn money every week if she does all the chores that I give her. So she's doing oh my God. chores right now. You're really becoming a mother. I, I know I am. <laughs> it's bad. Um, but we no, had... but that, I think that's good, though. Allowance is like a really, it's an important part, I think, in a kid's Well, it's the only way they can earn money. It's not like she can babysit yeah. during a pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> so give her something. Um, and then... Yeah, we, we went on a little road mini road trip yesterday to prep for our big upcoming road trip that we're doing over her spring break. <laughs> you did a test drive? <laughs> kind of, yeah. We we um well so she has been talking about wanting to see Stanford's campus. And you can't go onto Stanford's campus right now because they have all of these like different zones to keep the the campus and the academic zones locked down to just the students. So we just did a drive-through, like, on their campus loop to see as much as we could. And then instead of coming home back through San Jose, like, the way that we came, we drove up through Pacifica and, like, went on Highway 1 to see the ocean. And then took Highway 1 through San Francisco, went over the Golden Gate Bridge, went to, like, Stinson Beach, and, like, drove up all the way through Highway 1, past Mount um, Tam, and then came all the way back down through... San Rafael and like San Quintino um and drove home through Richmond so it was like a long I was probably drive. driving for like four or five hours yesterday and we went to Shake Shack because there's a Shake Shack oh, that's in Palo important. Alto yeah nice. so she had her first Shake Shack burger so I've now introduced oh, her to all of, the, you. all of the burger chains and I got some New York for myself yeah. so yeah it was a good good busy weekend and now we have a busy work week ahead of us and I have to take her, she's going home for a couple of days for spring break, so I have to take her to the airport um, Mm. later this week, but otherwise things are, things are going. Good. Yep. So, neither of us have family drama in our lives. No. Should we we talk about someone who does? Yes, we should. Nice transition. (laughs) I'm back on my game this week. Last week was a flop, but... All right, let's let's get okay. into it. Chapter 23. Okay, so we begin with Jude walking back home. She is barefoot with a tattered dress and wondering what she will find when she arrives. There are more soldiers than normal, and when she enters the house, Vivi comes running towards her and hugs her. She says she's planning on killing Maddox. If she was planning on killing, I mean, she might still be. <laughs> Past tense, though, was killing on, planning on killing Maddox. If she found out Jude was hurt... But Jude just pretends she's fine, and Oriana notes Taryn will be along shortly. Taryn will tarry along, <laughs> which Vivi reacts uh, to, although Jude can't read her reaction. Jude gets cleaned up and dressed, strapping a nightfell onto her dress, normal, <laughs> and putting Carden's ring in her pocket, also normal. She's her, a little of like, identity right now. <laughs> she's kind of a kleptomaniac, like just a yeah. little bit. <laughs> yeah. She starts to panic, thinking about how she's going to succeed at any plan from her uh, childhood room home. And Vivi interrupts her thoughts by commenting on her throat and her hand, which Jude brushes off. Jude doesn't understand why Maddox would do it, and Vivi just responds that he doesn't care about anything and that he is a monster. And she's clearly upset Rhea died. They can hear Taryn in the hall saying Locke has been in with Maddox for ages and that he doesn't know where Carden is. And Oriana makes a comment that Maddox doesn't want to arrange a marriage on top of all of this, which makes Jude start moving towards Taryn and replaying all the warnings she didn't realize she had gotten in her head from Locke and Carden both. She confronts Taryn and challenges her to a duel for her honor, which has been betrayed. This, this whole part. So extra. It's it's so over the top. (laughs) Taryn tries to explain, saying she wanted to tell her, but that Locke told her if she could endure the silence, it would be a test of love. Jude retorts that he proposed to her while the family got murdered, which is so romantic, which makes Oriana gasp. Jude asks Taryn why Cardin made her cry, realizing it was about this relationship, and they all knew, and also realizing that Nikasia was actually trying to warn her about Locke, not Cardin. 
Damn. Karen, I know. That, I'm, so, I'm sorry, but, like, that part hit me so hard. <laughs> Taryn admits that Locke had tricked them all into thinking he left an acacia for Jude, and Carden confronted her about it, but said she couldn't tell Jude the truth. He needed a reason to keep hanging out with Jude. Jude then throws her sword at Taryn to make her fight, which Taryn doesn't want to do, and Jude tries to egg her on, grabs another sword hanging on the wall. Taryn finally picks up the sword, and they keep arguing while sword fighting because Taryn is trained and has retained some muscle memory. Just like riding a bike, you know. I mean, yeah, pretty much. That's what Arthur and Merlin would say, right? I know. <laughs> Jude asks if Taryn enjoyed deceiving her, and she says no, she hated it, but that she wants to belong, and Jude is making that so difficult, so she had to prove she was different and worth the trouble. They start fighting harder... And Vivi tries to stop them, but then Taryn says something Jude throws. Taryn says something Jude throws her. I don't know what this says. <laughs> oh, Taryn <laughs> says something. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I love um, this. wait, I got Taryn. Oh, that says something off. to Jude that throws her that off. Throws her yeah, off. We got <laughs> there. <laughs> but Jude hates the folk and never cared about luck. <laughs> But just liked he thought he was a thing that she could take away from Cardin. That's so mean. Oh Terrence says Jude thinks she is weak, which Jude wholeheartedly agrees with. And then Terrence says she is the mirror, showing Jude the things she doesn't want to see about herself. These truth bombs from Taryn are savage. She was holding back this entire time. Twenty-two chapters. Yeah. Jude gets worked up in a literal rage and is about to go full crazy when Vivi tells them both to stop, but glamours them. Taryn stops. Jude has to throw the sword away to stop from killing her, and then she yells at Vivi for intervening. And Vivi asks if she is wearing a charm, and Jude realizes the Gius has survived. Wow. Servants then start pulling the girls away from one another, and Vivi releases Taryn. Maddox is then suddenly there, yelling at the girls, saying there has been enough death that day, which Jude finds funny. I find that funny too, Jude. He tells them to wait in the game room and sends in Narbo to keep them apart. Jude cries a little but hides it so Taryn won't see, and neither of them talk. Jude thinks about Cardin, tied to the chair to bring herself joy, but then thinks of how he looked at her and moves on. She finally speaks to Taryn, asking what Maddox gave her, which turned out to be the steak knives that can cut through bone but don't have names. Jude suggests Meaty the Elder and Grizzlebane, which Taryn chuckles at, and then they're quiet again. (laughs) Maddox enters and tries to talk to Taryn about Locke since he basically refused to say he would be faithful to Taryn and enjoyed messing with Jude, and he realizes whatever Taryn did to prove herself to Locke that she could be like the folk was the source of conflict between the sisters. Jude understands why Locke picked Taryn over her. She just wishes Taryn would have picked Jude instead. That part's sad. Yeah, that is really sad. Taryn asks what Maddox said to Locke, and he said he disagreed with his sentiments and that he thinks Locke is unworthy of both girls. (laughs) Taryn asks if she is forbidden from accepting him, and Maddox says he will not stand in her way but cautions her against it, then tells her regardless of the pleasure she finds with Locke, her loyalty is to her family. And she pulls the, quote, but she started it, unquote, card, which Maddox fully ignores. She did not start it, but whatever. And tells her if she does not wish to fight or to fight to win in the future, then she should refuse to fight and tells her to leave so he can talk to Jude. As Taryn walks out, she has venom in her eyes for Jude and wants her punished. So she tells Maddox to ask Jude where Cardin is, because the last time Taryn saw him, he was dancing with Jude, and Jude just thinks to herself, Taryn is just being mean, but wouldn't actually say that if she knew Jude had Cardin. Maddox says he wants to talk about her behavior, and she retorts she would like to talk about his, because she thought Dane was his friend. He said he loved Dane more than he will ever love Bilikin, but there are other loyalties more important. Jude asks who, and Maddox says she will know when she needs to know. And this also reminds me of something that happens later on, but I digress. <laughs> he then tells her he needs Cardin and will get Bilikin to give her whatever she wants, including Locke if she wants them, which Jude finds surprising, also really weird. 
Maddox thinks that would potentially be a fitting punishment for Taryn lying to Jude and that Taryn is not suited for Locke. Jude asks if she is and he says Locke is not suited for her. He then asks for Cardin again, saying Cardin is weak and not super useful for anything else, so there's no reason to protect him, and Jude tries to deflect and get Maddox to lecture her for sword fighting in the house. She has an offer, which is what she told the Court of Shadows. She just has to decide what to do with it. Maddox reminds her that she would have regretted it forever if she killed Taryn and thought she would have learned that lesson from him. And she knows he is talking about her mom. He also, also tells her... Sad! Oh my yeah. god! <laughs> he also tells her it's a shame to take the anger out on Taryn because the folk always tend to go missing during these warlike times, which she interprets as him saying to take out Locke and wonders what he would say if he knew about Valyrian. He would probably be proud of her. <laughs> she asks... She asks him how he sleeps at night, and he says the only times he cannot sleep is if he denies his talent, which is making war, and then tells her to think about where her own talents lie. Mm. Balakin, I know, Balakin arrives at some point, and Jude is sitting in her room, sad about everything that has happened, and also hungry. Magically, Vivi appears with a sandwich, because they are connected. <laughs> Jude knows she messed up, but Vivi is glad Jude isn't giving her a hard time about the glamour which she resisted, and Jude says she shouldn't magic them, to which Vivi retorts she shouldn't chop them in half. Good Fair point. points yep. all around. She then says she thought the knighthood was all a game, and Jude thinks back on their childhood and says it wasn't. Jude asks if Vivi knew, and Vivi says no, but that she doesn't want to talk about Locke, and she wants Jude to leave Fairy with her. Vivi laughs at Jude's reaction and says things will get worse with Balakin because he's an ass and also dumb, <laughs> and Maddox is not happy to be supporting Balakin. Vivi then says she wants Jude to come for herself, not worrying about Taryn, and comments on how sick Jude looks. Yes, thank you. Thank God someone's saying it. She also knows Jude's whole life was upended because of her and feels awful but doesn't want Jude to fully lose touch with her, her humanity since she's worried sometimes that Jude doesn't know how to be human. She also says that Jude fits in well, but that must have cost her something. Jude starts to panic, thinking about what her life would have been like if Maddox had never come and her parents had never died. She doesn't like picturing herself because it, she knows she would have remained vulnerable, but now she's on her way to becoming a wolf, not the prey. Jude doesn't know if whatever broke is something she can ever even get back, or if she wants it back anyways. She asks what they would do in the mortal realm, and Vivian says they would travel and learn new things and live anywhere, like the Wild Fae, if that would make Jude more comfortable, but that she wants to do it with Heather and hopes Jude will help explain everything to Heather. Jude thinks about it and says she can't give an immediate answer and needs a day, since she needs to square everything up. Like, Cardin. <laughs> Imagine she just left Cardin. Well, he'd be dead. That'd be it. No more story. <laughs> Tales over. Vivi says if she does come, she doesn't need to be like she is in fairy, and Jude ponders if she should even if she could even become something different again, or if that's just who she is, regardless of her surroundings and circumstances. She then puts on Cardin's ring, even though she knows mortals should definitely not be wearing the mortal ring. And that's the end of chapter. The three. royal. That's supposed to say royal. Yeah, not I figured. <laughs> not mortal. Sorry, I was doing this at like midnight last night. It's okay. This is also tipsy summaries. True. That it is goes true. Hand in hand. Um, just one thought before we get into the general comments. Can you imagine if she just left Cardin to die and went into the mortal world with Vivi? It would turn into like from a full fairy book. We'd turn into like Stranger Things. With Vivian Jude in the mortal world. I would. That would be so funny. Would be I honestly wouldn't be mad at it. <laughs> I want that. I want that spinoff. I'm sure it's on fan fiction. He just got alternative find it. universe. Yeah, go get an AU on Wattpad or Come something. Come on. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, general commentary. I have so many thoughts about this chapter. How about I'll go first? Yes, please. <laughs> so I thought that it was interesting that Taryn was talking about how she's just trying to fit in and how she's also a mirror of Jude. I mean, she's saying it negatively, but like she is negatively, positively, neutrally, like a 
mirror, mirror. She's very much her twin. Like, she's doing the same thing Jude is, just in a very quiet way. Whereas, mm-hmm. I mean, Jude is kind of doing it quietly, but not really. <laughs> like, she's not doing it well. <laughs> but, like, Taryn's going after a high-standing fairy in their universe that will basically give her protection because it'll mean that she belongs there versus jude who's trying to like take over (laughs) but it's like it's all the same purpose they're both trying to just fit in and like Mm -hmm. feel like they belong versus vivi who actually belongs and is like i'm out of (laughs) here i don't want this yeah i just thought that was interesting it is super interesting i think it's Taryn is the part of Jude that should just stop. Like, Taryn's the point at which you should stop, and Jude doesn't realize that she keeps going way past yeah. that point. Um, and she sees that as weakness in Taryn, and, and her ambition is continuing to grow and grow and grow inside of her, but, like, maybe stopping would be good for her. Like, a healthy yeah. choice. And she doesn't want to listen to that healthy choice because then she'd be bored. Yeah. Um, and then, oh my gosh. <laughs> so the whole opening sequence when she's like walking home and it's like, okay, like what's going to be different? Like, I feel like I don't belong here. She's like looking in. It doesn't feel like her home anymore. Yeah. Completely different scenario, but it reminded me so much of when you come home from college like, over the summertime, like, your first, your second year, whatever. I mean, I didn't come home, really, my, like, last year. But, like, and you, like, come back into your town and you come into your house, right? And it doesn't really feel like home. Like, it is right. your home. And it, you adjust back to it after a while. But, like, it's temporary. And it doesn't quite feel like, like, you've been on this, like, light, new life experience for mm-hmm. the past how many months. And it's your childhood home or, like, where, where you've if it's not child at home it's like where your parents are so it feels like it should be mm-hmm. home and it's just not i just that like remind me so much of it completely different scenario because like she's coming back from a murder party but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> no but i think that's a really good point because even when jude is like needing to start thinking about these plans that she has to make right like she needs to make mm-hmm. a plan to swap out Carden and negotiate with her father and like do all of these high brow through the court high profile sort of things and she's like well how do I do this from my childhood home I am a child I don't know how to do it and it feels wrong and I feel like that also correlates to like a lot of us moving back in with our parents even for a short amount of time during the pandemic we're like are we still adults (laughs) I'm not sure (laughs) I literally what is insurance (laughs) I don't know my parents today, my dad was like, oh, you're, like, almost 27. I was like, no, I'm not. And then my mom was like, you're five months away. Like, yeah, you're almost 27. I was like, no, I'm 16. I'm living with you guys. What are you talking about? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it feels so wrong. I, like, that's part of the reason I'm very ready to move. I love my parents. I love living with them. But, like, I also need to, like, feel like I'm actually a- an adult on my own. <laughs> I'll swap. You can wrong. come here, and I'll live with your parents. Okay. Because <laughs> I also love Sounds living good. with your parents. I know. Well, the nice thing is they, like, cook for me. But, like, that's the thing is, like, I really need to, like, get back into the habit of where I was before the pandemic of, like, having to take care of myself. Like, it's going to be another adjustment once I leave of, like, having to cook for myself and, like, yeah. remembering to clean the bathroom without my mom pestering me to do it. Like, have you cleaned the bathroom? uh i have cleaned my bathrooms since i've moved into this house okay good well that's a start <laughs> do, do i clean the bathrooms like as much as month, your but... mom cleaned my bathroom <laughs> I <know>. no i <laughs> didn't oh yeah anyway um and then i think my last comment because i think you'll have some similar ones that i have mm-hmm. my last comment though was um big comment was that the whole fighting over a boy scenario is so annoying to me except for this scenario where i feel like because like i do not like let me explain myself okay i I feel like this is controversial because like we can all agree like fighting over a boy is so stupid 
But in this case, and like, yeah, in this case, Taryn really did wrong because she could have told Jude a long time ago what was going on. And like, Maddox is right. The family should come first. It doesn't matter if Taryn is trying to belong in their little weird world. Right. Like, it, it, she, Pick a boy that won't make you do this. Exactly. Like, she had a duty to her family and to Jude to say, like, hey, I know that Locke is making advances on you, just so you know, like, this is the deal. Like, they could have faked it. Like, maybe Jude would have been like, okay, yeah, I'll help you along and, like, fake pretend with Locke. Mm-hmm. But we she should have told her. Exactly. I actually think Jude would have been 100% fine with that. She'd be yeah. like, all right. Sure. Like, my Whatever. sister's the... being sly. I love that. I love it. Also, the boy's going to pretend to be interested in me. Great. I'll get some practice. And I maybe we'll hold yeah. a knife to his throat at some point. Win-win for and me. And she would know that it's temporary. Like, there is a, an official end date. Because it sounds like they knew that this was going to happen at the coronation. So, right. it wasn't that long. I agree. I, I mean... I agree that it's totally fair for them to get in a fight. The idea of Jude challenging her sister to a duel felt very, like, stereotypical boy to me. Which is why I didn't, like, I'm like, that's, like, stereotypes of, like, toxic masculinity from, like, historical novels that I'm just not here for. Um, like, she's literally getting into a pissing contest with swords. That's what boys do. Like, just talk it out. Figure it out. Maybe wrestle a little bit. Fine. Whatever. Pull each other's hair if that helps you. But swords are so dangerous. And if something happens, it's irreversible. And she, Maddox was right. Like, she never would have forgiven herself. That even though she was angry, that was, I don't think, the correct weapon of choice for this Mm -hmm. fight. Not that a fight didn't need to happen, because they needed to get it all out in the open with one another. I just wish it would have been something slightly less dangerous. A little, a little more sane. <laughs> a little bit, but it's Jude, so I don't know why I would think that. Um, but yeah, I can't believe Taryn did that. Not only because it was, like, betraying her sister and, like, holding back from her, um, who she was into, and then letting her sister, like, f- almost fall for the same guy, But by doing all of this, she also stood silent and stood by while her sister got tortured and murdered, almost murdered, knowing she was the reason they were doing that to her. Mm -hmm. Like, that's why Nikasia tortured her with the fairy fruit. That's probably one of the reasons Valerian wanted to kill her, because Cardin got hurt. And, like, you're... Taryn's doing all this for a really shitty fuckboy who made out with her sister. And then she's just like, yep, no, I love him. And I'm like, girl, he's gonna hurt you. He is not trustworthy at all. No, he's a little She's basically like, she, I I think she's sensible enough to know that she is going into this relationship with a big problem. But she's so like Jude in that she's so blinded by wanting to fit in that she's just taking it. Whatever it means. She's taking the worst possible option. Because exactly. it's not like Locke really has a place at court anyways. Nope. And I'm not sure how much Cardin's going to keep him around. But he's also the only fairy that's probably taking an interest in Taryn. So she's just taking it. I know, but there's ways to make yourself palatable to other fairies that aren't going <laughs> to treat you dirty like that. I, yeah. I don't know. I think one of the other reasons I really have a problem with it is because they write their mortal. And so trying to play these games and fall into the games of the immortals is using up so much of her precious lifespan and ruining her relationship with her mortal sister. Like, if she and Jude don't make up, that's years of their relationship damage that Taryn's not going to be able to get back. They're not going to be able to just move on from it. Mm-hmm. You know? And they're not going to be able to, like, do a reset, start over, and have it be like nothing happened. Because if even if they lose two, three years, that's two, three years they're never going to get back because they're going to die. And that's, like, that's not clicking into her because she's trying so hard to be like the immortals without dealing with her own mortality. 
have so many yeah. thoughts about this chapter. I'm sorry. No, go, go. I want to hear them. Okay, so starting from the beginning, um, I understand why Vivi is upset about everything, obviously. But, like, even from the beginning when Vivi's like, he doesn't care about anybody and he's a monster and I hate everything. And she was so upset. But, like, Maddox obviously has more of a reason for doing all of this than because he doesn't care. Like, he's more strategic Mm -hmm. than that. He's not that cavalier about anything and so not caring is not enough reason to do something and Vivi's so hurt that she's not recognizing that so I'm hoping that she'll come back around but we'll we'll see what happens um but I don't think that it really ever meant and we kind of get this later on it's not that he wanted Balakin on the throne it's that he either didn't want or couldn't have Dane on the throne. Mm-hmm. And so Balakin is the easiest means to an end because people wouldn't have accepted Garden. I th- or like, baby. Generally, oh. Yeah, I generally don't remember, but my hypothesis, I think, was when I read this, that he was able to strike some deal with Balakin that would protect the family. And Dane wasn't the kind of, like, Balakin is shadier and would do something like that versus Dane, who's more traditional because he took after his father and was more like, he just was better, (laughs) Um, that he wouldn't have struck, like, a shady deal that would protect one family. But he also couldn't tell Dane all of the details of everything, even if Maddox doesn't know. We can't tell Dane that Oak's alive. No, so it would have had to have been in a way that made it sound like maybe Maddox just really wanted to protect his family for some reason. And that would have been a hard sell because Dane is not very trusting. Exactly. <laughs> so, exactly. like, again, Balakin is a means to an end to protect his family. Yeah, but specifically mm-hmm. protect Oak. Um, I don't know. I also just generally would like to get a lot more content about Vivi and Rhea's friendship. So I, I probably know. just need to go find some fanfics or something. <laughs> yeah. But it'd be nice to have, like, a little novella about their, like, adventures through fairy so we get some, yeah, like, happiness out of Vivi. That's so sad. I know, but, like, so we get some glimpse into Vivi being somewhat happy in fairy. Like, mm-hmm. that would be nice. Because I don't feel like that comes at any point in time in this series. Yeah. Um... I also I know kind of going back to what we were talking about with uh the the girls fighting like generally this entire chapter Jude is out of control like completely out of control but I don't fully understand why she's only taking things out on her sister because if she does actually like take a second to think about why Taryn did all these things which are not great things But she'll realize that her sister is being manipulated by Locke in ways that Jude was almost also manipulated by Locke. And why is she not expressing any sentiment of anger at Locke for this whole crap? Because he's the one that told Taryn to keep it from Jude. And I'm so tired of people not holding the boys accountable for their shitty actions. I mean, we haven't seen her confront Locke yet, so the question is what's going to happen when she actually does. Oh, hopefully that, that is inevitable. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but then, like, she could totally, you know, fight Locke, challenge him to a duel. She'd probably kill him, and then she'd kill half of Carden's circle. Carden would be like, where are all my friends go? <laughs> no, Carden would be like, I don't like him anyway. Thanks, dude. <laughs> He didn't seem that <laughs> upset about Valerian dying, so. No. I mean, he was worried, visibly worried, but, like, I, he didn't cry or anything. I think he's fine. <laughs> um, I also, like, Taryn's little truth bombs that she gives to Jude while they're fighting. Like, the mirror thing I know we already talked about, and I, I definitely agree with all the stuff that we already said, but the first part about Jude not liking the folk and not really liking Locke and just wanting to take 
something away from Cardin. I don't actually think that that's that true. Like, we know that Jude didn't like, like, Locke. Like, she wasn't in love with Locke. She was probably never going to be in love with Locke. But I don't think that, like, she got together with Locke just for the sole purpose of taking something away from Cardin. It was more like a side Mm -hmm. benefit of the situation. And she kind of just really appreciated that someone was finally paying attention to her. Not for her ferocity or her feralness. (laughs) Which is the only thing that Maddox's been interested in and the only thing that... And Dane was interested in using her for her lies and Maddox's interested in using her for her honor and sword play, whatever... And Locke just kind of wanted to hang out with her for her, seemingly, and that was probably really refreshing to her. And then it was also a benefit that she got to spend time with him and take him away from Cardin. But I don't think that was her aim, and I feel like that was kind of unfair of Taryn to say that. Mm-hmm. Also, <laughs> the comment now—I was just like, this popped in my head when we were when I was reading it. But Nikasia's comment at Locke's little party where she was like, which one of you am I talking to? Makes so much (laughs) sense now. Because she was drunk and she was actually trying to figure out which sister Locke was with that night. Deep down inside, Nikasia is such a great character. I love it. It's so good. I am glad Jude didn't accidentally kill her sister. So thank goodness for that. <laughs> but the the fact that she was more upset at Vivi for stopping them than for her flying into an unstoppable rage concerns me. Well, she and was high on adrenaline for sure. She was, but again, she's we, like Matic. We need to put her into therapy. No, <laughs> she needs therapy. So she needs a bad. vacation. She does. She really does need a vacation, but not to the mortal realm, because then she'll just scare everyone around her. Yeah. (laughs) She needs to go, like, camping or something in the woods. Bring some hot dogs. (laughs) Make a fire. She'll be fine. (laughs) And then the statement that... I kind of mentioned this while you are doing the recap, but her statement that she wishes Taryn had chosen her... Over Locke, which is so sad. It broke my heart a little bit. Like, we all we want typically is our family or our chosen family to love and support mm-hmm. us, and to get betrayed over a boy is just like so horrible. It really is. It's sad. Oh, so sad. Though, I do love Daddy Maddox's parenting advice to Taryn. <laughs> He's like, This is what the situation is. Like, he's very upfront, honest with her, is letting her make her own choices, but is giving her, you know, words of warning based on his interactions. And I just thought, you know, that's a great parenting choice for someone who's about to be, like, a full Mm -hmm. adult. I I really like the way he handled that. Also, all of Locke's responses to Matic were very weird, right? Yeah. I... I feel like Maddox can kind of see through him. Well, everyone can. He's a fuckboy. Yeah. Like, we all get it. <laughs> but I feel like he's harboring inside, and it's, like, slowly starting to come out. Like, he's got some weird, like, twin kink fantasies, and he's trying to figure yeah. out if there's a way that he can make that work, and I do not enjoy it. <laughs> it's making me very uncomfortable. Um, the more important loyalties that Maddox is talking about, that means Oak, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. I also think the distinction in Maddox's commentary when he's talking about the girls in relation to Locke, when he's just talking to Jude, he says Taryn is not suited for Locke, and then he says Locke is not suited for Jude. And those are two different things, which I think are really interesting because not only does it actually show how well Maddox knows both of his daughters and how both of them are just like Mm -hmm. in existing in the world but it also kind of just paints the picture of how 
the same person can be different in different kinds of relationships. So Jude would be bored and honestly held back by Locke because he isn't very interesting. Like, he doesn't do anything fun. He wouldn't keep Jude entertained, so he is not suited to her. Mm -hmm. And he, on the other hand, would be bored with Taryn playing the dutiful wife because all he wants to do is collect stories, and Taryn's not going to provide him any interesting stories. So she is not suited to him. And this kind of, like, chain of command thing, I just thought that was really perceptive of Maddox. I wouldn't have expected that of him. And I'm glad Maddox at least now admits that he regrets killing her mom. That feels like character growth for him. Well, I think he's always kind of regretted it, and it was alluded to, but this is the first time he's saying it out loud. Right. But I'm glad it also haunts him. Like, I'm yeah. glad that he that sits about with it. him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because you shouldn't kill people that you love in a heat of rage. PSA. <laughs> yeah. And clearly, even, Jude. though Jude's, <laughs> even though Jude's not related to him, she is a mini him. Mm-hmm. It's frightening. <laughs> Like, we need to get her her own cap. Because she's just all over the place wanting to murder everybody. I I do feel Maddox knows about Valerian. I don't actually think he was talking about killing Locke. I think he was being like, oh, you know, no one notices this stuff. And then he gives her a look, and I'm like, mm. You did bury him right by Maddox's stables. He might have noticed that there was a fresh grave dug. (laughs) I feel like Maddox would have been proud of her. Either way, yeah. Because, like, it was clear, like, she even said it before, like, when Cardin and Posse uh, bullied her. She was like, I'm not going to tell Maddox because, like, I think that he would probably end up killing them. And, like, this, if she just said, like, it was an act of defense, Mm -hmm. he probably would have understood and been like, Nice job. I'm proud of you. Yeah. Did you use my knife? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. I mean, I 100% agree with that. Jude even knows that. He's like, oh, yeah, he probably would say congratulations. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So funny. Um, I, and then, okay, going to the last, I have two more comments. Um, Vivi's sort of, like, commentary about Jude coming to the human world and, like, how it might be hard for Jude because she's not even sure if Jude knows how to be human anymore. I just loved this whole moment so much. Not because Vivi actually was, like, thinking about what she was saying, but just with how much we know from Jude, taking her back to the mortal world at this point would not be helpful for her. It's like putting someone in the middle of a war... Letting them get a fuck ton of PTSD and then dropping them into a different state that they didn't actually Mm -hmm. grow up in and giving them no support. Yeah. Like, she can't have therapy. If someone angers her, she will fight and probably hurt Mm -hmm. somebody if she gets triggered because she has this, like, fight response. (laughs) She does not flight. She only fights in response to threats. And she doesn't know how to do anything. It's not safe for the mortals for her to come back into the mortal world. And I know Vivi is, like, praying and thinking that Jude has it in her to change, but I I don't see that possibility, like, at all. Not in a way that she could just be like, I'm gonna go to the movies. (laughs) Like, after all this bloodshed. Imagine Jude at the movies. (laughs) She'd be throwing (laughs) popcorn at people. Uh, and be yelling at the screen. <laughs> True. Yeah, it's it's hard. I don't know. And then uh, her slipping the ring on, foreshadowing to her eventual marriage to Cardin. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> that was such a, an interesting end to the chapter. She started like, why? to think about it. I know. Well, this is what's going to start her eventual descent into thinking that she wants to rule all of fairy in her power trip mind. So, yeah, we're getting her there. It's a big signifier of what's to come. (laughs) She wants power. She wants to be respected. 
That and she wants Cardin. She just doesn't know it yet. Yeah, she, she right now she just wants respect. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, the whole thing with Cardin is a little iffy right now for her. I know She's like, that. I'm just not gonna think about it. It's just it's, <laughs> don't think about it. It's fine. <laughs> it's buried so deep in her. But every so often she'll think about like the way that he looked at her, and then she'll be like, nope, 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 putting that away, locking that in a box. <laughs> But it's, they're starting to come up more and more frequently, so I'm ready. I'm waiting. Terrible coping mechanisms. That is so, so true. Okay, pop culture. What do you got? I have a couple. Um, The first one I have, the fight sequence, although not physical, um, between the sisters, remind me of uh, Game of Thrones in season seven when Sansa and Arya finally reunite. And it's more of like a battle of words, but it's Arya, kind of like Jude, blaming a lot of things on Taryn or Sansa. Um, In Arya's case, it's betraying the family, but like you could say that like Taryn did kind of betrayed the family and this case was just really jude but like who knows like with taryn marrying Locke, we don't know what's gonna happen with the family like maybe Locke is gonna mess up all of the family dynamics so it affects the whole family mm-hmm. um and basically like ario was saying like you're not strong enough like you should have stood up for your family you didn't you just like went along with what everyone told you to do because you thought it was right because you wanted to just feel safe in the same way that taryn just did it because she wanted to feel safe um yeah that reminded me a lot and then on a lighter lighter level er, the love triangle was a bit like the whole like not even just bbc merlin but like in general the lancelot guinevere king arthur problem (laughs) which i think that it it just kind of ends in banishment for lancelot and guinevere Mm -hmm. um so at least I mean, maybe this is different in different tellings of King Arthur and his knights, but, like, it's not physical, which would have been good for Jude to take note of. Maybe she should have read up on that a bit. But, yeah, it was the same whole love triangle thing. I mean, that's most love triangles, but for some reason it just really reminded me. Um, And I had one more, which was Hunger Games, when Mm. Vivi is talking about running away um, and trying to get uh Jude to go with her it's kind of like at the beginning of Hunger Games when she's asking a cat and this is old Gail is asking Katniss to run away and they can have a better life and then they don't in time and things unravel pretty quickly so maybe they should take note of the Hunger Games and just leave now before things get crazy true yeah. But they're not That's reading a lot of mortal books, so... They are not. I mean, literally, she name-drops Alice in Wonderland, like, every few chapters. It's, like, <laughs> it's clearly the only book she's ever read. <laughs> no, I know. What did you have? Um, so I also had a pop culture reference. Okay, so I'm gonna preface all of my pop culture references. Some of them are very long, because I got into some just, like, very deep thoughts in my brain, and I apologize in advance. Um, but this one is not one of those. The duel, or Jude trying to, like, challenge Taryn to the duel reminds me a lot of Anthony and the Duke from Bridgerton. Oh Oh my god. (laughs) Because Anthony's like, you've hurt my honor, you've defamed my sister, blah blah blah, fight me! And the Duke's like, I don't really wanna, but okay, I guess... (laughs) (laughs) and then he's not like he's fighting but he's not gonna win right like he's just fully accepted that he's just gonna die the duel and then daphne comes in and stops them just like vivi has to come in and stop them which makes anthony really angry that she rides up and almost gets herself hurt um and the duke's like whatever (laughs) So yeah, this just reminded me a lot of that duel in Bridgerton. This is a dumb one, but it just visually reminded me in The Witcher 3, the video game, uh, in the Blood and Wine expansion. <laughs> this is just so specific. In this part of The Witcher 3, in after the section here. In the- <laughs> Again, it was like a, it was a visual thing for me. It just viscerally. Okay. No, I want to hear it. 
So, uh, in the Blood and Wine expansion, one of the quests that you go on eventually allows you to buy your own winery in this, like, French-style oh. <laughs> land within the Witcher. And so you buy your own winery, and you get to, like, decorate it, and you get to put all this stuff in different places and, like, pick what things you want to build out in the winery. But one of the things that you can do is you can hang swords all over the walls from all of the swords that you've collected through all of your journeys. So when Jude goes to pull the sword off the wall, I was just picturing it happening in, like, this winery (laughs) chateau in France. (laughs) I'd love to see that. Jude at a winery in France putting her swords up. (laughs) I mean, listen, maybe that's how she retires. How do you think that Jude and the Witcher would get along, Geralt? Ooh, that's a good question. I mean, I feel like they'd be really, like, buddy cop, but in a quiet way. Like, they wouldn't talk to one another. Like, (laughs) but they wouldn't talk to one another, right? Like, they just do their thing, and they'd be very, like, methodical. What about uh, Geralt, Jude, Carden, and what's-his-name, the little guy? Which, like, we looked this up last... Yes. 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 Like, all four of them together. I would watch that. Jude would be constantly <laughs> punching Yaskir in the face, and Geralt would constantly be kicking Carden in the balls. I think or pulling so his funny. tail. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. He would the definitely two... insult the tail a lot. He would oh, use that to yeah. his advantage. But the two of them would get so annoyed with Carden and Yaskir. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh, God. I love that thought. Now I need a, a crossover AU of that. That'd be so yeah, good. That's my next fan fiction look out for a Wattpad. I love it. Uh, I know you kind of talked about this last week when Jude got, or maybe two weeks ago, when Jude got Nightfell, um, how that was like Inej's knives. But now we actually have knives that Jude tries mm-hmm. to name. And I just kept thinking of Enos, but like Enos with steak knives. Enos is so. She would be like offended, honestly. Hey, they cut through to the bone. Yeah, she would want them, exactly. And she would think it's useless for Taryn. She would True. be offended. She would take them and then name them after saints. Yeah, and then Jude would be offended she that her take really care bad of, like, names. Her children, rehome them, <laughs> adopt <Exactly>. them. <laughs> oh God, I love it. Okay, so I was kind of talking about this earlier, so I'm not going to get into it in too much detail. But like Taryn's need to prove that she can be like the folk and throwing her mortal family under the bus reminds me of how like the immortal Greek gods behave with their family right like Mm -hmm. they are always stabbing each other in the back and sabotaging one another and then they move on from it because they can always like press the reset button and start fresh and they may remember that they did all those things but they've all done crap to one another and they live for forever so they can just keep pressing reset um and keep moving past it because they're family and Taryn is acting like that's what she's able to do here like she's not going to die but she is and the beauty of mortality is that we live with our mistakes and we can't erase them or just try again in the next century like her and Taryn don't live long enough to be doing this and so it it's just so interesting to me that her brain can completely erase her mortality and like not have that constantly be at the forefront of her mind, given how much everyone reminds her that she's immortal. hmm You know? But yeah, just reminds me a lot of Zeus, basically. <laughs> There's a lot of similarities between Zeus and Locke. Can't keep it in their <laughs> pants. <laughs> oh, God. <sighs> um, okay, and then Matic reminds me a lot of... The dad from 10 Things I Hate About You. Oh my god. That dad is crying right now. He would be so ashamed that you just compared him to Matic. <gasps> no, but I mean, just... I guess the parenting is very similar, but like, right. the values are very different. <laughs> okay, yeah, Matic is not an OBGYN. I get it. He doesn't live in Seattle, I know. 
But the fact that, like, he knows both of his daughters for their strengths and their weaknesses so Mm -hmm. well and gives such, like, unique parenting advice to each of them and, like, actually takes the time to, like, walk them through his thought process and, like, why he's not trusting certain things that their boyfriends are saying. It just reminded me a lot of the dad. I don't know. I'm, I apologize <laughs> to so whatever funny. the character's name is, but his parenting style in this chapter is very similar. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> uh, and then not exactly the same situation, but like Maddox thinking back on like killing his wife and like knowing how much he loved her and like having to sit with that kind of reminds me of the end of season one of you with like joe having to sit with the regret of killing bex Mm, i didn't see it so don't it's bad maddox situation is better much better than that psychopath but um i don't know it's like he he did love her in his own way but he acted out of rage and fear rather than like using rational thought on like how to make a situation better um and it's Maddox kind of did the same thing and then kind of had to sit with that for the rest of his life. Joe isn't sitting with it though. Like that's the difference is Joe doesn't really regret mm-hmm. it. But the way that they committed the murder was very similar to me. Um, they were clouded. Mm-hmm. Exactly. In a red haze, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> okay. And then this last one, I'm, I'm going to apologize for the length oh. here. But, okay, I've been watching, because Falcon and the Winter Soldier has started releasing episodes on Disney Plus every week, and so I've just been thinking a lot about that show, but also about Captain America in general, uh, because of that show, and this whole thing about Jude thinking about, like, what her life would be like if all of this stuff hadn't happened and she was just in the mortal realm... Um, And her panic at, like, not even knowing if that would be someone that she would want to be and, like, not really being able to reconcile with who she is now, with who that girl would have been, and also thinking that how she turned out now might be for the better. I don't know. It just, it reminded me a lot of Captain America um, because, so he wakes up and has to be this Avenger and, like, start this fight, right? Um... And he's, like, back in the game, back in the game. But he doesn't really have something that he's fighting for anymore. He's just fighting. Because, like, he can't go home. He can't have peace, right? And Iron Man yells at him in one of the movies for not wanting peace, but wanting always to keep a war going. But the problem is that, like, with peace, for those who crave it, they're craving it so that they can then settle. So they can then have a home to go back to. And for Captain America, his home was 70, 80 years in the past. And he can't recover it so instead of wasting time on pining for that or like fighting to try and get that home back he just keeps fighting it's not that he doesn't necessarily Mm. want peace but it's not a peace for him to recover his past or like go back to the what could have been situation um he's just trying to get to the next stage whatever that next stage may be and like thinking about the forward rather than looking back and so peace doesn't really play a factor in like that looking back piece And that's reminding me a lot of Jude because, like, she's just fighting. Like, she's not really fighting for anything in specific, like, for anything specific. There's not an angle in mind. She's just fighting. And eventually, I think she wants a sense of calm and, like, chill, but in an abstract way because she can't make this new home for herself, can't picture what this new home would even look like, and she knows she can't go back to her old one because it doesn't exist anymore. It's not an actual reality. Hmm. Sorry, I just said very long-winded, but... No, Basically, very deep. I told you, I've been (laughs) really getting into the comic game lately. Yeah. I'm not super, as you know, into Marvel, aside from, like, Spider-Man, but... (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure it's very accurate, and it sounds like it's a deep connection. That's... Thank you. Um, People, please write in and tell us... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you have any thoughts about whether or not Jude is Captain America? <laughs> That's gonna get a lot of hate. This is not a fan, f- a fandom that has crossover. <laughs> well, you don't know. Mm, probably not. Anyways, that's all that I had. 
Very good. Mm -hmm. So, Julia, who's your MVP for the week? I want to give, well, I went last, or I went last. I went first last time, so you have to go first because I don't want to steal it in case. I don't think we'll have the same one. I highly doubt we'll have this. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, but I'll go first. That's fine. Can you guess who my MVP is going to be? Is it Matic? Yes. Oh, my God. You have a problem. <gasps> I love Matic. I'm sorry. Matic's number one fan. I really thought after, like, the coup, maybe you would, like, it would waver a bit, but apparently not. Okay, but see, here's the thing. He had a reason. <laughs> Does that make it okay? No, but I understand more because he had a reason, and he's just trying to protect his faux son, and also, he gave some really great parenting advice in this chapter, and he like mess with Locke's head and like you know Locke needs that Locke needs someone <laughs> to put him down several pegs because he thinks way too highly of himself so just a pluses for Maddox all around in the chapter and also he was like reflective about the things that he was doing like he knew that they weren't right and he was explaining to his kids like why he did what he did and how he knew what was gonna be you know the lesser evil of various situations mm -hmm. And every time Jude acts out and is being overly aggressive, he steps in and tries to remind her, like, you should have learned from my mistakes. Don't be like this. And I just, I loved all of that. Like, it was so, everything he was saying was so wise. And I just wasn't expecting a lot of wisdom from him after the coup, and it surprised me this chapter. So, yep. Matic for me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You have a problem. <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm going to give it to Vivi because mm -hmm. I think she really rises to the occasion. She steps mm -hmm. in to save her sisters from each other. But then I think she also recognizes that Jude could still possibly be saved. And, like, that's why she goes to her and is like, hey, like, I want to run away. I mean, Heather's going to be there, but, like, you can come too and live with us and we'll be okay and everything's going to go back to normal. And doesn't, as far as we know, doesn't approach Taryn with the same uh, invitation because I think she realizes Taryn is a little too far gone. Um, she hasn't made her realize, choice. Yeah, she doesn't really realize I think Jude is probably also a little too far gone. <laughs> yeah. Because there's stuff that she doesn't know that's going on in Jude's life. But it, from what she knows and what she has like, kind of estimated about where they both are in the world, Taryn is like she's not gonna go back on what she's chosen mm -mm. um so i think that she's a good sister and she cares about them both and is just trying to do what she can to keep them all sane and happy i agree with that's that. all she wants it's so true she's my my pick love it love vivi she's so great i know <sighs> okay wine review okay this chapter is like a Sangiovese. <laughs> Sangiovese. <laughs> it's, uh, it's not dark, but it's not like a fruity, sweet kind of wine where you're going to be mm -hmm. like, oh, like I loved it. Like it's something that you got to eat with some food because there's a lot to take in. There's a lot of like black cherry and tar kind of undertones to it. It's, it's, but it's not the prominent part of the wine. Mm -hmm. It's like a, I would rate it like, I guess I would rate it an 8 out of 10. It's not exceptional, but it's still like oh, a notable kind of drink, mm -hmm. if you will. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Love it. What's your whining score? Oh, God. Well, I mean, Jude and Taryn this entire chapter. <laughs> so much... Like, yeah. we agree, I can agree with you that we needed the plot point of the drama, but it just felt, everything that they were fighting about felt so juvenile in so many ways, and I was so frustrated, mostly with Taryn, but a little bit with Jude, too, because of how, 
young she was acting. Like, she wasn't taking us, per normal Jude fashion, she wasn't taking a second to think through what Taryn was saying. She was not trying to understand things from her sister's point of view. Now, does she have to do that emotional work? No, 100% (laughs) not. But she was just being really bitter and frustrated and annoyed. And Taryn was lashing out because she probably feels hurt that Locke did all this stuff kind of behind her back with her sister and that she couldn't do anything to stop it. And so she's lashing out and taking all of that anger out on her sister. And, like, that's not necessary. It's angsty on Taryn's part and it's not necessary. And Vivi's just sitting there like, can we all start stop fighting and just, like, go to the movies? Like, be normal teenagers? And everyone's like, no. <laughs> so I would say probably I'm going to give it a really high rating this week just because of how much Taryn annoyed me. I'm going to go with 9 out of 10. And my one yeah. saving Fine. grace is Maddox's <laughs> wise, calming presence. <laughs> Maddox and Ken. <laughs> and Vivi, too. Maddox and Vivi are, like, keeping everything calm. But even from, like, <laughs> angst levels, right? Oriana's sitting there feeding to the drama where she's like mentioning marriage loud enough so that Jude will hear and she's just like audibly gasping at things that people are saying she's just feeding the drama well I think Oriana's annoyed with them both because she's like you're both so stupid (laughs) there are bigger things to worry about right now (laughs) like let's make sure your brother stays alive maybe I want backstories for Oriana. Like, give me her time in, like, the royal clutches. I want to hear about her time there. Yeah. That would be cool. Yeah. I would enjoy that. that that's a, a fair score for the whining. <laughs> There's a lot of whining. My goodness. Okay. Well, I mean, that pretty much brings us to the end this week. Kind of a short episode um but a lot of stuff happened so it was good to get it all out there uh so for those of you following along listening at home uh if you don't already follow us on social media you should you can follow us on (laughs) not that we do a whole lot (laughs) we will i know once your school's over you are officially going to be appointed master social media poster (laughs) okay that's fair (laughs) Um, but you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Unnecessary Angst Pod, on Twitter at Unangst Pod, and you can also email us. Give us your thoughts about the books that we're reading. Uh, send us thoughts of books we should read next, potentially, just to chat about books more generally, see what kind of things we've been reading, if we have any recommendations. We'd love to talk to you all. So you can email us at Unnecessary Angst Pod at gmail.com and with that we will let you all go have a good week everyone and talk to you soon bye bye